This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. It's important to establish a culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. What is up, Dolphins fans? Welcome into another edition of Fin It to Win It, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. My name is Riley Bradshaw, along with my co-host, Mason Englehart. You can follow the show at Fin It to Win It. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Interact with the show. We also put bonus content on there. So check us out. We're at Fin It to Win It. Riley, we have a fun show today. All of our shows are fun to listen to, but this one's pretty cool. Yep. A week or so ago, the draft was going on. You were talking about late draft picks, and we kind of came up with an idea, a fun little top five to do dealing with Dolphin draft picks. Yeah, we were talking about Malcolm Perry, the seventh round draft pick out of Navy, and I started listing off seventh round draft picks in the past that have turned out to be studs in the NFL. So it kind of sparked this idea to do a top five list. So what we're doing is we went through every Dolphins draft class, every one of them, and Mason and I did a personal list of our top five Dolphins that have exceeded their draft value, outperformed where they were drafted. It's our top five list. And I think this is going to be a cool exercise too, Mason, to get our fans feedback, to get Dolphins fans interaction and get what they think is a top five list as well. But I'm interested, before we get into the actual list, what your criteria was when you were going through all of these draft classes, what are the things that you were looking for when you were putting together your top five list? So obviously the word value screams out to you. That's what this top five list is about. Now, when I hear the word value, I don't just think of a seventh round pick or back in the day when there was 50 rounds in the draft, uh, an 11th round pick. It can be an early pick in the draft, but if they exceed their value, they made my list. The first thing I did was I tried to write down, and this took a little while, but I tried to write down all the names that came to mind for Dolphins that were drafted later in the draft or Dolphins that were drafted maybe later than what they performed actually on the field and what they meant to fans and how they were Hall of Fame Dolphin players. So that's one thing I did for my criteria. Another thing I try to do is I try to mostly make it players that I experienced growing up. Now, 
I didn't do that for all of them, and I'm sure you didn't either. But I felt like I wanted to take players that I really witnessed playing on the field, that I witnessed watching on TV. Those are the guys I tried to pick. But, of course, there were some that I had to include that really made an impact for this organization that were before my time. That's why this exercise is pretty cool because I think my criteria is a little bit different than yours. And if we look at our lists, we're going to go through them here in a second, but you have a couple of high-end draft picks. And of course, you can justify them because they exceed their value even for where they were drafted. But I tried to look a little bit deeper. I didn't. I don't think I, on my list, I don't think there's anyone above a second-round draft pick on my oh, wow. list. Yeah. So I kind of looked a little deeper guys that were a little later in the draft. So let's go ahead and start with number five. Mason, do you want to kick us off? Who is your number five in terms of value of where they were drafted Miami Dolphins? Yeah, so my fifth person I picked, number five, was someone that Bear Bryant, former Alabama great head coach, said was the greatest player he ever coached. In 1980, the Dolphins drafted one of the greatest linemen. In NFL history, you could argue, but certainly for the Miami Dolphins, he anchored that offensive line for many seasons. That's Dwight Stevenson. Now, you mentioned the criteria part. You may be thinking later picks. that He was a second-round pick, 48th overall. But what he did for the Miami Dolphins' offensive line in his short stint in the NFL, because he only played about seven, eight years or so, but from 1982 to 1987, he, for six consecutive seasons, the Dolphins' offensive line gave up the fewest amount of sacks in the NFL. He made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, despite, like I mentioned, ending his season or his career, excuse me, ending his career early from a pretty rough injury, a game against the Jets of all teams. But I figured Dwight Stevenson was a good person to have on that list for what he did for the Dolphins organization. Yeah, he was an absolute stud. For me, Mason, number five was very difficult. Like there were a lot of guys that I could have fit in this slot. They all brought a little something different to the table. And we'll mention some of our honorable mentions before we get to our number one overall player. But I decided to go with defensive end Doug Betters. He was drafted in 1978, round six, pick 163. Now, Doug Betters was a part of the Killer Bees defense. He appeared in two Super Bowls, but here's why I picked him. If you look at his you know, his career, it's not one of those careers kind of like Dwight Stevenson. It doesn't go 15 years. It doesn't even go 10 years, but for a couple of years as a six round draft pick, he was literally Mason, the best defensive player in the league. In 1983, he was NFL defensive player of the year, 16 sacks, 74 tackles from the defensive end position, four fumble recoveries. And then he followed it up with another year of 14 sacks. So when I looked at it, I was like, well, damn, like <laughs> You're a six-round draft pick, and you end up being literally the best defensive player in the entire NFL, even if it was just for one or two years. That deserved a spot in the top five for me. And that's a good pick, and that's kind of going by that criteria. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, my number four pick, I kind of laugh at this because I just mentioned a few minutes ago how one of my criteria for value was someone that I witnessed playing. <laughs> but yet my first two picks, my number five and my number four, were players I really did not get to see play live growing up. So number four for me is Mark Clayton, part of the Marx Brothers, famous receiving duo for Dan Marino through all those years. Clayton was an eighth-round pick in 1983, and that's when the Dolphins added some depth at wide receiver. The year before, they actually drafted Mark Duper in the second round. So with getting Clayton, the Marx brothers were formed. 
He went to five Pro Bowls, had five 1,000-yard seasons. He was one of the most reliable targets for Dan Marino and for Dolphins history. I thought that was a good value pick, so that's why he's coming in at number four for me. It's funny you mentioned Dan Marino because if you look at number four for me, it's the original number 13, Mason. Ah, Jake nice. Scott, nice. safety from the Super Bowl-winning Miami Dolphins teams. He was drafted in 1970. Here it comes, Mason. Are you ready? Seventh round draft pick, 159th overall pick. Jake Scott was a freaking stud. He's the all-time leader for the Dolphins in career interceptions, 35 with the Dolphins. He has 49 out of the safety position, 49 career interceptions, 13 fumble recoveries. And here's something I didn't know, Mason, when I was looking at it. He also has the most punt return yards all time for the Miami Dolphins with over 1,300 punt return yards. I didn't know that he was the all-time leader for the Dolphins in that category. He was the 1972 Super Bowl MVP. He was the MVP of the game. Two picks versus the Redskins. And Mason, I don't know if you have seen highlights of that game. We weren't around yet, but if you've watched highlights, one of those interceptions is literally one of the greatest interceptions in a big game I've ever seen. It's one of those ricochet, you know, it's battered around, and he catches it with one hand as he's falling to the ground. One of the all-time great interceptions. Jake Scott stepped up in big games. That's why he's my number four overall pick. We're going to move to our number three picks here. But first, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you, my friend, would be wrong. Tell them, Mason. That's right, Riley. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, they still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from online casino to poker and blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL like everybody else is? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on shows like Survivor, Big Brothers, American Idol. Riley has all those saved in his DVR. You can also bet on stock prices and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest in July. All open 24 hours a day and online. So go to betonline.ag and use this promo code BLUEWIRE. That's the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, Mason. So I'll kick us off with number three. And he was actually your number four. I'm going with Mark Clayton. Round eight, pick 223. And you mentioned a lot of the stats, so I won't get into some of the ones you mentioned, but something that really stood out to me, and it kind of got me pissed off. (laughs) He is top 50 in the NFL, in the entire NFL, not just the Dolphins, the entire NFL, in receiving yards and touchdowns. 39th overall in receiving yards, 13th in touchdowns. How the hell is this guy not a Hall of Famer, Mason? Like, seriously. Yeah, he's one that kind of slips through the cracks. And, you know, you think about it, though, for the NFL Hall of Fame receivers, it's tough to get in. We've seen a lot of legendary receivers have to wait quite a while until they get in. I mean, Terrell Owens got passed up a few times until he got selected. That's for different reasons, though, Mason. Well, sure, but no, no. You know why T.O. didn't. Well, let me keep going, though. I wasn't finished yet. I wasn't finished yet. Tim Brown was another one as well. I mean, Tim Brown, the Hall of Fame career he's had. So being a receiver, it's pretty difficult to get into the Hall of Fame. But I agree with you. He had a great career, um, put up a lot of good stats. He was a very important part of that offense for Miami. So there's definitely an argument there. In 1984, he scored 18 freaking touchdowns. That was an NFL record before the great Jerry Rice broke it in 1987. 18 freaking touchdowns in one year, back when throwing the ball was not a thing in the NFL. And like I mentioned, 
number 13 in NFL touchdowns and you're not a Hall of Famer, I get it. There's a lot of competition, but it wasn't like he was, you know, good for a few years. Then he kind of wandered off. You mentioned it earlier, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, two-time he led the NFL in touchdowns, 1984 and 1988. The guy was a stud basically his entire career. He should be a Hall of Famer. It's it's a bunch of BS. What's Who's your number I three? I like it, Riley. Getting Sorry, I got up. a little heated it. there. <laughs> I love it. So my number three is actually a first-round pick. Do you want to take a guess of who I went with? The other number 13? That's correct. I went with the other number 13. Now listen, some people may say this pick doesn't really make sense. It wasn't a late-round pick. But for me and my criteria for what value really means – the Dolphins got Dan Marino 27th overall, but it's not that that really stands out to me. It's the fact that there were five quarterbacks in that 1983 draft, the same draft that Mark Clayton was, was taken. There was five quarterbacks taken before Dan Marino, our historically greatest player in Miami Dolphins history. So with that being said, he has to be on this list, in my opinion, for what Dan did for this organization for all those years of consistency to how he really changed the game of the NFL and how it really became a passing attack league after he set all those records in the 80s. I had to put him in this list. I had to. I mean, Mason, I don't think you really need to justify it. I mean, you're lucky in a particular year if you hit on 50% of your draft picks, even if they're your first round pick. If you hit on 50% of them throughout the years, you've done pretty well. So the fact that, one, he's a Hall of Famer, two, he's the face of literally your franchise, he's on the Mount Rushmore, it does not matter if he was your first-round pick or not. And that's a great stat that you mentioned that five quarterbacks were taken before him. We're talking about value here. Yeah, he's a first-round pick, but you got yourself a top-three quarterback in the history of the NFL. I don't think that matters when you took him. You're going to get great value for that. So let's move on. Mason, I think we have the same number two and number one on our list. So let's kind of go at this together. Number two, he was picked in round three, 73rd overall. We're talking Hall of Famer. So let's stick with it. Jason Taylor. Yeah. JT, number two for me, defensive MVP in 2006. His ability to get to the quarterback, his body, his frame, the way he could intercept passes, take him back for touchdowns, that strut he used to do in the end zone. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, one of my favorite Dolphin players of all time, growing up watching him, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he may have missed on a lot of draft picks for Miami, but bringing in Jason Taylor to really anchor that defense for so many years and give us so many awesome moments. He had to be on the list. 73rd overall, third round pick, amazing value. This dude was a problem. His entire career, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. Mason, he ended his career with 139 and a half sacks on top of 46 fumbles forced and eight interceptions and nine touchdowns. I mean, that is freaking impressive from the defensive end position. It's because he was so athletic. He could do so many different things. I can't tell you how many countless times I remember seeing him jump up at the line and just pluck a ball mm. out of the air on a slant. I mean, he, he was an athletic freak. He was tall enough to, you know, hang with the offensive lineman, and he was fast enough to get around the edge constantly and be a nightmare for quarterbacks. This dude was a stud. There'll never be another like him. So he comes in at number two. Round three, that's a hell of a steal, Mason. Oh, 100%. Now, number one for both of us, we're going to go with a player who just oozes not athleticism, 
but grit, determination, overcoming odds. I mentioned Jimmy Johnson kind of getting, you know, a lot of flack for not getting a lot of those high draft picks right for the Dolphins in his tenure there. But man, he did a great job at finding those gems like Jason Taylor. I'm talking about none other than Zach Thomas, my favorite player personally, my favorite Dolphin of all time. You thought I got heated about Mark Clayton. Just wait, Mason. <laughs> you mentioned all those quarterbacks that were taken over Dan Marino. Do you know how many linebackers were taken over Zach Thomas? Let me guess, just because. All right, so. So he was, was a fifth-round pick, 154th yep. overall. All right, I'll say 13th. 18. He was the 18th linebacker drafted in his class. What an absolute botch by every NFL team. This is why, Mason, the combine is not the end-all be-all. You mentioned earlier, not a physical, you know, athletic freak, short arms, too small, not fast enough. But all this guy did, his entire career, was produce. Seven-time Pro Bowler, five times first-team All-Pro. He was the AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. His rookie year, Mason, he had a combined 154 tackles. His freaking rookie year. He was the NFL 2000's All-Decade team. How is this man not in the NFL Hall of Fame? It's going to happen. It has to, right? They can't botch it this bad twice, can they? Every year when they do the NFL Hall of Fame semifinalists, finalists, I actually get very nervous because of how much I loved Zach Thomas watching him play. Every year I say, okay, this is the year Zach's going to get in. He, he's getting closer and closer. I think eventually he will. He played the game the right way. He has a ton of respect from his competitors. Uh, Kevin Mawai from the uh, New York Jets, the Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Yep. He sings Zach's Tom, Zach Thomas's praises. I know Teddy Bruschi has come out and said Zach Thomas has to be in the Hall of Fame sooner or later. I think eventually he gets in, but this is a guy you mentioned all his stats. He's top 10 in, the, in tackles all time in the NFL. He's eventually going to get in, hopefully sooner than later, fingers crossed. But man, oh man, he's number one on both of our lists for what he did for the Miami Dolphins organization, fifth-round draft pick, and he just had a nose for the ball. Watching him play linebacker, the ferocious hits, the interceptions, he would sometimes do that little dive in the end zone with the interceptions, like that little – it wasn't a very athletic flip, but it was kind of like a belly flop flip, if that makes any sense. But, man, oh, man, he was a blast, and he was a fun fun player to watch. He was the heart and soul of a very good Dolphins defense i think a lot of people forget this from 98 to 2004 mason the dolphins defense finished in the top 10 and fewest yards allowed a lot of that's because of zach thomas anchoring the entire middle of that field over his career he averaged 9.7 tackles per game if you average that out that's 155 per season in his career he has over 1700 tackles that's all this guy did was hit you in the mouth he tackled you. He made life a living hell for you. And Zach Thomas should and I hope will be a Hall of Famer someday. And getting him in the fifth round, that is the number one, in our opinion, the number one steal of the draft value pick for the Miami Dolphins. So I'm interested to see what yours is, the fan, the listener. What's your top five? If you look through all of the Dolphins draft classes, there's a lot of guys that we can throw in there. Um, honorable mentions for me, Mason, were Ed Newman, the guard. Um, his actual rookie year, they won the Super Bowl. He was drafted 
and they won the Super Bowl immediately, but he was a four-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro, so you could easily make a case for him. And then Rashad Jones, Mason. He just left the Dolphins. He finished his career with the Dolphins as a two-time Pro Bowler, 776 tackles, 21 interceptions. Although when I looked at that number, Mason, it just made those 35 interceptions with the Dolphins that Jake Scott had all the more impressive. I believe Jake Scott was in your honorable mention list, wasn't he? He was in another safety I had in there. I didn't have Rashad Jones. That's a good one, actually. But how about Yermiah Bell? Six-round draft pick, hard-hitting safety for the Dolphins. You know, stats really didn't come that jump out at you. But when I just think of a solid safety, Yermiah Bell really was at the top of my list. This is cheating because he wasn't technically drafted. But I feel like it would be a crime not to at least mention Cameron Wake. I know he wasn't drafted by the Dolphins, but for crying out loud. I mean, he played a year in the CFL, and then the Dolphins took a risk, took a chance, and brought him into the organization. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, Mason. He's a part of the 100-sack club, and he's a first-team All-Pro in 2012. I think we at least need to mention Cameron Wake. Agreed. I didn't put him on the list for the fact he wasn't drafted, but he definitely needs to be mentioned. He'll have to come up in some other kind of top five we do because he he definitely needs to be up there. His freakish athleticism and his motor and his drive, the motor, unbelievable yeah. player for the Dolphins. Yeah, one of the best motors I've ever seen from a player. He just constantly, all game, came after you. So mentioning Cameron Wake, even though it's kind of cheating, he wasn't technically drafted. But all right, Dolphins fans, I want to hear what your top five is. Check us out at Finit to Win It on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to be posting this question throughout the week. Um, after we release this podcast, because we want to know what your top five is. I'm interested to see where it lines up. Do you go kind of with Mason's criteria? Where you throwing guys like Dan Marino, Dwight Stevenson, higher round draft picks, but they obviously exceed where they were drafted? Or are you looking more deeper into the fifth, sixth, seventh round for guys that stood out for the Miami Dolphins in their career? So let us know, at Finit to Win It, on Facebook and Twitter. This was a fun exercise, Mason. And as we wrap up, I want to just get quick 30 second who do you think the guy from this draft class is that could potentially one day be on this list is there someone that the Dolphins drafted this year that you think has the capabilities of producing and one day being on this list well I hope I can say with my the way I did this list it can be Tua (laughs) just for the fact that that's true he can be he can become a Dan Marino-esque type of player. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw one out there that you may not be expecting. This is going to be a seventh-round pick in uh, Malcolm Perry. The fact that he's going to play a lot of different positions for this Dolphin offense, hopefully that's the game plan at least. He can, be, he can fit in a lot of places. I'm hoping he can find a nice niche in this offense and really make something of himself there. I think the perfect candidate for this is Curtis Weaver the linebacker slash defensive end at a Boise state. He was taken with 164th pick round five. A lot of draft analysts projected him as a top 80 to hundred player. He's versatile Mason. He reminds me a lot of Zach Thomas in his production. Now I'm not saying they're the same player by any means. And their makeup is obviously a lot different, but in terms of their production, when they were in college, he's the mountain West all time leader, all time in sacks. And last year, he was the Mountain West Defensive Player in the Year. 34 sacks, 128 tackles, two interceptions, three forced fumbles, production, production, production. That's all you got from Curtis Weaver. I think he was a steal of the draft for the Dolphins and one day possibly could find himself on this list. So in 10 or 15 years, Mason, we'll have to redo this list again and see if Curtis Weaver makes it. 
Well, see, that was the easy answer. I, w I, went, I went on a limb more with mine, so I, I think I deserve more credit for that. You said Tua. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I said I could say Tua, but then I went with my real pick, a seventh-round pick, somebody who is undersized for the NFL. Yeah, that, that, that's going out on a little bit of a limb. I mean, that would be awesome if it happened. I think he can be a contributor, and he's got an interesting skill set. But, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Curtis Weaver for me. Tua slash Malcolm Perry for you. You kind of cheated giving me two Mason, but it's okay. I'll let it pass this time. All right, Thank Dolphins you. fans, let us know who your top five is in the comment section below. At Finit to Win It, Facebook, Twitter. For Mason, I'm Riley. We'll see you next time. Fins up, everybody. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's show. And before we wrap up, I want to recognize one of our sponsors for today's episode, Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com today. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician, it's free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.